0: You belong. It's true. It's the beautiful thing about families. Whether you like it or not, you belong. I, at one point, tried convincing my parents that I was adopted. My father took full advantage of that and pointed out some different options. And I decided I'd rather just belong. But... Being a parent, it's terrifying, isn't it? From the moment you hold your child, you realize, oh, shoot, what have I done? (laughs) And it doesn't get easier. I I remember when Emmett was first born and I was exhausted all the time and people said it gets easier. It's a lie. (laughs) It gets different. But as they grow... So do their problems. So do our worries. And this weekend, we're celebrating graduations. Ruth Murdoch and the Academy. And these milestones, they're mixed feelings. Because as our kids are graduating, we're proud, we're excited, we're happy for them. But at the same time, we're stepping into another unknown. What is around the corner? We have those over and over again. Those milestones for our children are terrifying for parents. When your kids start school, going from that time where you have complete control of everything that goes in and everything that comes out to putting that in someone else's hands. And all of a sudden they come home from school learning things that you were not prepared for. They graduate from 8th grade and go into the academy. Again, we're stepping into the unknown. An academy to college, it doesn't get easier. We pray for our kids. This service, we're going to do something a little bit different. I want to invite Leah Bitterman up. We are going to preach a totally different kind of sermon. And so... Leah Bitterman is an eighth grader from Ruth Murdoch who is on the cusp of graduation. Yeah. And she is going to share her perspective. And sorry, I've I messed up already. I was supposed to call her out before I started talking, but.
1: <laughs> Saturday night. My dad and I, we took our dog Peyton for a walk and we were both absolutely exhausted from the Saturday events at the tent. And at the same time, we weren't completely tired. Crazy as it sounds, we took Peyton out for a walk about quarter to one in the morning. And when we had gotten outside, we looked up to a full moon in the sky. We had been talking earlier. But at that moment, I asked my dad a question off the top of my head. Dad, would you ever like to travel in space? I expected that he might take a moment to think about this question. Instead, he said, Absolutely not. I like walking on the earth, running on the earth, mowing the grass on the earth, and even shoveling snow on the earth. That last part proved he was part Michigander, part insane. So he asked me, How about you? Would you like to be an astronaut? I responded to him just as quickly as he did. Yes, absolutely. Then I looked at him and asked, would that scare you if I did? And for that question, he, he took his time before speaking and he replied, I would be holding my breath until you landed back on earth. But most of all, I wouldn't want you gone long. A few days at most, a week, No trips to Mars, okay, (laughs) because I would miss you too much. And I suppose that conversation led me to think about the journey of our life and how Jesus leads us along the way. And I imagine that as teenagers, I have this vision, we are like a rocket. Teenagers, we're a rocket and our parents are the launch pad and we're the rocket getting ready to launch off. Our parents have guided us. They've led us up to this moment, right? And they're helping us and they're guiding us through this life journey. Now, wait a minute. Hold up. Pastor Ben just said, This is scary for parents. This has been scary for me, too. (laughs) Growing up is scary. This has definitely not been an easy journey for me or for any teenager. And this has been a huge, scary task. And I'm not sure I've got this right. But I've been trying to think about what my peers and I are confronting, what transitions we're trying to manage, and what obstacles we're attempting to get around. And to think about this more clearly, I've had so many conversations with my pastors and my teachers and my friends, and they all have told me as a child, this is who you are. This is who you are. But we grow and we transition. And one day we're just not a kid anymore. And we start to grow up. And eventually we have to come to this point where we ask ourselves, who am I? There's a story in the Bible that most people haven't read or some have just simply glossed over. But today we're going to get into that story. It's found in Matthew 15. So if you can open your Bibles to Matthew 15, starting with verse 21.
0: This story, the story makes us uncomfortable because this is not one of those stories that we like the picture of jesus that we get it's not that loving kind picture of jesus at the outset it's not that picture of jesus who invites the little children to sit on his knee this is not one that we teach in our children's sabbath schools because this story makes us uncomfortable there's a woman In the region of Tyre and Sidon, and she has a daughter, and the Bible describes her as severely demon possessed. She would do anything to save her daughter, and she has tried absolutely everything. She lived in these two cities in this region where these are port towns, so when I say she's tried everything, she tried everything because all kinds of people were coming through with different ideas. And nothing, nothing seems to work. And then she hears about Jesus. Jesus who he can cast demons out. Jesus who his touch heals the sick. His words change reality. Jesus. She sets her hope on Jesus. And then she hears Jesus is coming there. She is not going to let anything keep her from Jesus. And Jesus and his disciples are walking along on the road, and she is shouting after them, running up behind them, shouting, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed.
1: Verse 23, But he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after this. These guys have a problem with sending people away. Like they try to send away the 4,000, the 5,000, the little children, and now they're trying to send away this woman. Like when something goes wrong, what is their first instinct? To send the people away. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's very frustrating. And does Jesus send her away? Of course not.
0: But Jesus doesn't answer her, he turns to the disciples. And almost as though he's talking past her, he says, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. The woman doesn't give up, though. She comes around in front of the disciples, bringing them to a halt, falls to her knees in front of Jesus. And she says the three-word prayer that as parents we are so familiar with. Lord, help me.
1: but he answered and said it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs ouch he didn't just call her a dog he called her a little dog like i just want you to imagine i have an Indi- uh, mom who's indian and you see i just want you to imagine someone going up to her and say you know what hey you're a dog like i would feel so bad for that person who called her a dog like my mom would be so angry and so insulted And I feel like the disciples have a moment of pride in their hearts. Like, yes, Jesus, tell it to her. Send her away. She's a complete waste of time. And now keep in mind, the disciples are saying this in front of her. And they never, ever in the story directly say a word to her. It's like they're talking about her in front of her face.
0: There's no question about it. Calling somebody a dog them are fighting words. Yes. Especially in Asian cultures. People have called other people dogs and people died. It's not okay. But as surprising as Jesus' words are, her words, the next two words, should shock you. Because the two first words out of her mouth were, yes, Lord. Yes. Yes, I am a dog as long as it's a dog under your table. Because she realized that being under Jesus' table, this would change everything. And she said, even the dogs under your table get the crumbs the children drop. Let me have the crumbs. She was willing to, To be whatever she needed to be. If this meant saving her daughter.
1: There's so much pressure of trying to figure out who we are. I'm talking to you teenagers. And we need to constantly ask for his guidance and strength. And as teenagers, we must... trust that Jesus will define who we are through our day-to-day journey and ultimately assures of the end destination of this life journey. In Matthew 20, the disciples debated who would sit at the right or left side of Jesus. And yet this woman was happy enough to sit under God's table. She didn't need to sit in the front row. She didn't need first class. Sitting under the table was enough for her, amen? Amen. Like the disciples, we try to figure out where we fit in socially, what shoes and what clothes and what phone is the coolest. And I'll be honest about this. I've had a rough year. It's been a good year, but it has been a rough year. And I've questioned where I fit in socially. But I'm encouraging not only myself, but my peers, put that aside, put aside fitting in. Forget about what people think. You don't have to fit in with your peers because everyone can fit in with God, amen? Let's find our place at the table. God knows who we are, and he has a place for us. So today I stand on this stage, I'm a confused teenager, I'm a frightened teenager, I'm a worried teenager, I don't know what's around the corner. And I don't have it figured out, and neither do you, and nobody does, but that's the beautiful thing, we're all on the same journey, amen? And I have decided today to stand here and say, I have taken that label of being his child, and it is engraved in me forever. And I hope you will choose that label too. So today I invite my peers. I invite the teenagers here who are listening to my voice at this very moment. Put aside fitting in with your peers because you fit in with Jesus. Put aside your worries for tomorrow. Find your place with Jesus. Let him take your hand and guide you through this life's journey. I invite the teenagers to take out your connect card. If you don't have one, please raise your hand and one will be passed to you. The first box says, I will join Jesus wherever he has a place for me. We don't have to sit with Jesus at the table. We can sit under the table. It doesn't matter. God has a place for us at the table. We don't have to fit in with our peers. We don't have to fit in with anybody. We fit in with Jesus, amen? He has a place for you at the table. Will you join me at the table?
0: This is an unsettling story. And at first glance, it doesn't seem like it turns until you get to verse 28. Jesus answered her and said, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And often when we read this, we think this is where the story turns. This is when things change. But it's not so. The story actually changes as soon as Jesus opens his mouth. If you missed it, that's okay. The disciples did too. I missed it until this time. Because right there in verse 24, Jesus says, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Why was Jesus in the region of Tyre and Sidon? It wasn't just because He was being persecuted in Judea and he was being persecuted in Galilee and so he kept going further and further. That's not it. He was there for this one woman. He was there because he said, I have a sheep in Tyre and Sidon. I'm going to find her. This right there is the parable of the lost sheep. Jesus had left the 99 to take care of themselves and he was there for this one This is a beautiful promise for us parents. There are times where we cannot do what we need to do for our children. Just last night, Emmett woke up in the middle of the night with a fever. It's not fun for a parent to be helpless. But Jesus, the good shepherd, promises he will take care of them when we can't. But here's the thing, guys. In John chapter 10, Jesus says, I know my sheep and they know me. We've got to raise our children to know Jesus. We've got to raise our children so that they know his voice. This means we need family worships. This means that we need personal devotions. Because if we don't know his voice, how in the world are we going to teach our children? I don't care how busy your life is. If you are not taking time for Jesus, you're messing up. Cut something out. I don't care what. Take time for Jesus. Because if we want him to be the good shepherd, if we want him to reach our children when we can't, we've got to raise our kids knowing his voice so that he can speak to them when we don't know what to say. But the other thing about the parable of the lost sheep is Jesus left the 99 to take care of themselves. Sheep are weak. They are not exciting in any way. They don't have fangs. They don't have claws. They don't have venom. They don't even have shells. They are not good at taking care of themselves. The only thing sheep can do is pack together. You guys, we live in a community where there are so many of us, we need to pack together. As parents, as families, We do step into the unknown. But we're doing it alongside many other families and parents who have already made this journey. No, I realize that the, no two journeys are the same. This is why, I mean, as soon as you have your second child, you realize you still don't know anything. But coming alongside other families where you can pray together, Share your hopes, your dreams, your worries, your fears. We need to do this as a community. We need to strengthen each other. We need to rely on each other. So on the Connect card, there are two more boxes here. I choose to trust Jesus as the shepherd of my children. As a parent... I invite you to check that box. But checking it, knowing what that means, you've got to do everything in your power to introduce your child to Jesus Christ. And that last box, I want more information on joining a connect group. A connect group is something new we're going to try here. And these are just groups that are going to meet three or four times this summer. But... There are opportunities for parents who are heading into some of those transition periods. Whether your kid is about to start school and you're a little bit afraid about what's next, how is this going to go? How am I going to survive it? How are they going to survive it? It's opportunity this summer before the school year starts to connect with some other parents who have been through this so that you guys can pray together, talk together, pack together. We're also going to have a group for those who are your kids are moving from 8th grade into academy. It's scary. Things change. The way we deal with teenagers is different. We're Letting them grow up, figuring out how do we set those boundaries. So having opportunity to talk and pray with other parents. And then the last group is for those who just graduating from academy, going into college. scary. But as a church community, we have the ability to take care of each other. So I invite you, don't be shy. And here's the thing, I don't care what your age is. Check that box. Maybe it's your kids, maybe it's your grandkids that you'd like to pray for. Maybe it's your niece, your nephew, that you'd like to pray for. Check that box and we... Put your email on the front and we will communicate with you and set these groups up. We've got some great leaders for these groups. But as a church, we need to be taking care of our families. We need to strengthen our families. And we need to do everything we can to equip them to introduce our children to Jesus Christ.